Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. As I shared with you on the episode that aired last Saturday, although didn't actually air on last Saturday, I was a little behind. I am going to be on Saturdays sharing some of the best of Primal Potential. We have over eight years of podcast episodes. We have thousands to choose from. And there are some that are listener favorites that are the most downloaded, some that are my favorites. And I don't know about you, but I'm all about that refresher life. And especially as it relates to health and the basics, we should always go back to the basics. Always. And this is an episode that I refer people to constantly. This is the episode on what I call the golden rules for carbs and fat loss. This is how I lost over 100 pounds. This is what I go back to in a fat loss phase. It's simple. It's super effective. These are the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Even if you've listened before, a powerful and important refresher. If you want to support the show in this time where Saturdays are going to be some greatest hits episodes, don't worry, Mondays will still be new episodes. You have my word on that. Those I have gotten out ahead of. So you can support the show by telling people about it. Send an episode to a friend that you think they would enjoy or learn from. Tell your podcast listener friends to check out the Primal Potential podcast. That would mean a lot to me, and I'm looking forward to getting back to your questions on Saturdays and giveaways on Saturdays really soon. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, sweet friends, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and this particular episode is, quite frankly, long overdue. I am always mentioning what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. It's just a summary of carb strategies for fat loss that I've summarized and synthesized, and I've never done a podcast devoted to all four of them. I've written a blog on the four of them, and I've done individual episodes on, I think, maybe two of the four of them, but I get a lot of questions about it. I even have an entire e-course on carb strategies for fat loss, but I don't have a podcast on the golden rules, so we are fixing that today. And we're going to start at the top with what they're for and who they are for. Unfortunately, As with most things in this day and age where anybody with an opinion can put information out there for us to find on Google, there are a couple of 
opposite extreme approaches and perspectives related to carbohydrates and fat loss. For the most part, people are either carb-phobic and feel like you can't possibly consume carbs and burn fat or lose weight, or the group of people who feel like carbs are critical and essential for health and energy and must be included regularly for health, for a quote-unquote balanced diet, and for fat loss. And as with most things too, I think the truth is really somewhere in the middle. You can be setting yourself up for failure, even if you have fantastic intentions, when you look to the extremes or when you try to oversimplify with the notion of there's good carbs and bad carbs or all carbs are bad or all carbs are good, I think that's just a a looking for trouble kind of perspective. And that's why I put together what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. It's really to address the fact that, yeah, we do need a smart carbohydrate strategy when our goal is fat loss, right? But also when our goal is just health and longevity and energy and life without cravings. But the strategy part of it, there's so many opinions about no carb, low carb, slow carb. And I think that the golden rules help to really simplify and cut through the noise. They establish a few basic principles that when you follow them, they encourage fat loss, they increase energy, help you to control hunger, eliminate cravings, stabilize your mood, all while really helping to optimize hormone balance, which is so important for, of course, fat loss, but also for health in general. So that kind of answers the second question about who are they for? Anybody who's looking to burn fat or optimize their hormone balance, or eliminate cravings, increase energy, stabilize their mood, experience less hunger, that's who it's for. And I don't want to throw down these principles in a because I said so way. I am not looking to say, this is the edict, this is how you do it, and have everybody just like step in line and follow suit. That's not the way I roll. Because I said so doesn't fly with me. That's lame. I'm not lame. You're not lame. I want to explain why they are important and how they make an impact how they deliver those benefits of increasing your energy and stabilizing your mood and encouraging fat loss. But I don't want you to just understand. I want you to implement them. There is no substitute for your own experience with the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. There is no substitute for experiencing how your body responds. A lot of people will email me and say, Elizabeth, you know, you say to limit starchy carbs to the evening or post-workout, but I've always heard you should have them in the morning. I understand the confusion, but I don't want you to get hung up on information. Because if you do that, if you need to internally debate all of the inconsistencies and information and strategy, you're going to be perpetually confused and frustrated. You're always going to be seeking more information and you're going to take precious energy that you need for implementation and you're going to waste it on information instead of implementation. And there is a far simpler way. Ready? Try it. Try it and pay attention to what happens to your body. Give it 14 days and see what your body tells you. See how they impact your energy, your fat loss. 
If a study came out tomorrow, this is totally hypothetical, let's say a study comes out tomorrow, and it's a super high-quality study, not just like some rando's opinion on Facebook, right? A human study, double-blind, placebo, peer-reviewed, blah, blah, blah. And it said, this is hypothetical, let's say this study comes out tomorrow, this quality study, and it says that eating a massive bowl of fruit within 20 minutes of waking while you hang from, the, from your toenails, you know what I mean, is the most effective approach for fat loss. That comes out tomorrow. I wouldn't get my knickers twisted, right? Even though I really believe that's not the answer, if tomorrow some peer-reviewed study comes out and says that it is, I wouldn't go to Google looking for explanations and rationalizations. Here's what I would do. Here's how my thought process would go. This study comes out, I'd go, hmm, that's interesting. Question number one I would ask myself is, is that what I'm doing? The answer would be no. The second question would be, is what I'm doing now working? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Do I feel good? Mm-hmm, I do. So, does it make sense for me to change anything? Even if there is this theorized other, other effect out there, other approach out there, if what I'm doing is working for me and I feel good, not what I'm doing is working and I'm exhausted or I'm hungry all the time or I'm constantly bat battling cravings, if what I am doing is working, it feels sustainable, I feel really good, should I change anything right now? No, I don't think so. But what if the answer was, know what I'm doing is not working, then I'd say, all right, well, I don't need to get all like freaked out. I just need to try it and see what happens to my body. So if you listen to these golden rules of carbs and fat loss as I go through them and they surprise you, they're different from what you're doing. I want you to go through that same process. Are they what you're doing now? Is what you're doing now working? Is it sustainable? Do you feel amazing? And then based on the answers to those questions, I want you to ask yourself, is it worth trying something new for a couple of weeks, staying consistent, and paying attention to what my body tells me about this? Because my opinion doesn't matter more than your body. Clinical research doesn't matter more than your body. What other people are doing and sharing doesn't matter more than your body. Now, I have the benefit of not only knowing what works for my body, but I have the benefit of coaching hundreds of people in my fat loss fast tracks or one-on-one -on -one and interacting with thousands of you via email and knowing what you're doing and what works and what doesn't. And pretty much without exception, when people implement these four golden rules of carbs and fat loss, they feel so much better but I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to listen. I want you to ask yourself those questions. And then if you deem it appropriate for you, I want you to find out for yourself. What I see with myself and with my clients is that when these golden rules of carbs and fat loss are implemented, people find that they're sleeping better, that their mood is more stable, that they feel more positive and in control, that they're less hungry, that they have fewer cravings. And it's all relative. The more consistently they apply them, the greater the results, right? The less they waver, the more disciplined they are, the greater the results. Imagine how much easier it would be to make good food choices if you weren't tired all the time, if you weren't always hungry, if you didn't have any cravings, right? Actually, don't imagine it. Implement the strategies and see for yourself. All right. If you blindly take anybody's strategies as gospel, chances are you'll always be jumping around from one opinion to the next, never being consistent and always being confused and frustrated.
We're going to get to the strategies in just one second, but first let's get on the same page about what carbohydrates are, because there's definitely some confusion there, and listen, listen, and there are certain carbs excluded from the golden rules, okay? And everybody's going to get hung up on that. But basically, there are some carbs that I want you to know that when fat loss is your goal, you can and should consume them liberally at any time of the day. And I'm talking about your non-starchy vegetables, okay? That's the exclusion. Vegetables are carbohydrates, okay? But some vegetables are primarily water or primarily water and fiber, And we don't need to worry about those. Now, some vegetables have a lot of starch, like potatoes and sweet potatoes. So let's talk about the exclusion first. When we look at vegetables that are primarily water, cucumbers, celeries, right, leafy greens, we we can consume those liberally throughout the day. Are they carbohydrates? Yes, they are, okay? But when we talk about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, we are talking about the starchy carbs and other carbohydrates. We'll define those in a second. But the exclusion, the things you can eat all day, every day, liberally, are going to be your vegetables that are primarily water, leafy greens, celery, cucumbers, that sort of thing, and your cruciferous vegetables because they are primarily water and fiber, not going to have the impact on your blood sugar that we see with, say, potato or pasta. Not that you'd be having pasta in the morning, but anyway. Um, Cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, those sorts of vegetables, leafy greens, cucumbers, celery, Consume them liberally throughout the day, all right? Do not apply the golden rules of carbs and fat loss to those vegetables that are primarily water or primarily water and fiber, not having much starch, all right? When we talk about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, we're talking about sugar and starch. So from a vegetable standpoint, because vegetables are carbohydrates, uh, we're talking about potato, sweet potato, things like that, those starchier vegetables. We're also talking about fruit. We're also talking about oats, wheat, cereals, bagels, muffins, pancakes, waffles, beans, legumes. When we're talking about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, we want to apply them to those things. We want to apply them to the starchy vegetables. We want to apply them to fruit, to oats, to wheat, to cereals, sugar, bagels, muffins, pancakes, waffles, beans, all of those sorts of things. All right. Now, what are the strategies? They are based on four things. Four things. Timing, quality, quantity, and pairing. And I'm going to summarize these over on the show notes. So if you feel like you need to take some notes here, don't worry about it. We'll have we'll have uh, information over on the show notes as well as related episodes if you want more information and the whole carb strategies course that goes into this stuff in way more detail. So the four things we're going to be talking about with these golden rules are timing, when you eat your carbohydrates, quality, what type of carbohydrate you eat, quantity, how much you eat, and pairing, what you eat your carbohydrates with, okay? So I've done, I've done a couple of episodes on carb timing, for example. So for some of you, this might be repeat information, but repetition is the mother of skill. And sometimes, let me just make a point here for one second. Don't assume you know something if you aren't doing it, 
You don't know it until it's yours. You don't know it until you're implementing it. So don't just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you aren't doing it, you don't know it yet. And you can definitely benefit from the repetition. All right. For other people, this might be the first time you've ever heard this. And it might be totally contrary to the old school information you've always believed, like eat your carbs in the morning to jumpstart your metabolism so you have all day to burn it off. Yeah, no, not not that. That's not it. When your goal is fat loss or controlling hunger, controlling cravings, nighttime is the right time for your starchy carbs. Nighttime or post-workout, okay? Now remember, we're not talking about those non-starchy vegetables. Those can and should be enjoyed liberally throughout the day. So the right time is the nighttime or post-workout. We want to limit our starchy carbs to the evening meal or the post-workout meal, okay? The reason we want to avoid those carbs earlier in the day, the reason we want to limit them to the nighttime or post-workout is because earlier in the day, we are more sensitive to the hormone insulin. And a mild elevation in blood sugar in the morning will produce a larger insulin response than it would later in the day. This is because we've fasted overnight. And remember that insulin is an anabolic hormone. It is a storage hormone. So when we create an insulin response by consuming carbohydrates, starchy carbohydrates, not the non-starchy carb vegetables like the leafy greens or the cabbage or things like that. But when we do that, the presence of insulin puts us into that anabolic mode, that storage mode. Well, we cannot simultaneously be in storage mode and breakdown mode and fat burning mode. It's not possible. So, I'm going to go through this because, again, I did a carb timing episode way back when, and I talk a lot about insulin, but I wanted to have one comprehensive place to review these golden rules. So let me explain this whole carb timing thing when fat loss is the goal. So when you wake up in the morning, you've been fasting overnight. Your blood sugar and your insulin tend to be low, unless there's a health condition that is the normal state of things after an overnight fast. So when we consume carbohydrate-rich foods in the morning, whether it's a bagel, a muffin, fruit, right? Those carbohydrates get broken down into their building blocks. The building blocks of carbohydrates, sugar. The sugar travels through the blood during the digestive process, and our blood sugar, what happens? It goes up, and in response to an increase in blood sugar, the hormone insulin is released. Insulin is like the usher, the hall monitor. It is insulin's job to take the sugar from the blood and carry it away to either fuel the cells, give instant energy, or when instant energy isn't needed, when the body has enough energy, enough fuel in the pipeline, it takes the sugar, insulin is the usher, and carries it away to be stored. Now, typically in this morning time, because it's been, say, 8 to 12 hours since we've eaten, our blood sugar is low prior to eating, and there really isn't any insulin around. This creates a state of prime fat burning mode in the morning, right? This is our opportunity to have a meal that keeps us in this fat burning state instead of turning our fat burning potential off, So when insulin is, let's say we have the carbs in the morning, 
This is what happens. And I'll, when you understand this, you will understand why we want to save the carbs for later in the day. So the presence of insulin, when we consume these carbs in the morning, lets the body know, oh, hey, we've got fuel in the pipeline and I have to find some place to put it. So, you know, don't go burning down any fat. Don't go breaking down that stored body fat because we don't need more energy. Your body only releases body fat when energy is needed. And the presence of insulin which happens when we consume carbohydrates, especially in a fasted state, right? When we wake up in the morning, lets the body know, hey, no, not that, not now. But we have an exaggerated, an exaggerated insulin response in the morning. The reason we have this exaggerated insulin response is because of the overnight fast. So it's sort of like, and I know you guys that have listened for a while have heard me use this analogy all the time, but it's a really important one to understand. Let's say that for 12 hours, you've been in a completely dark room, no light at all, right? Totally pitch black, no light coming in. And after 12 hours, I walk in and plug in a floodlight you are going to have an exaggerated response to that light, right? Compared to, say, if you've been outside all day and I come out and plug in the floodlight, you might not even flinch, right? You have an exaggerated response because it's relative to the fact that you've been in the dark. That is how the body responds when we introduce carbohydrates in the morning. Because you've been in this fasted state and your blood sugar is at this lowest point, when you consume these carbohydrates, it's like a shock to the system. It's the same thing as plugging in that floodlight after being in the dark. Your body's like, whoa, that's significant. And so you have an exaggerated blood sugar response and an exaggerated insulin response Whereas if you introduce the same exact food later in the day, towards the end of the day, when you're not in this fasted state, you don't get that exaggerated response. That analogy of your response after being in the dark versus your response after being out in the sun can be the same thing, but it produces a very different response. When we have that exaggerated insulin reaction following the exaggerated blood sugar reaction, we produce more insulin, and what does that mean? More time in storage mode, more time out of fat burning mode. The other thing about the exaggerated blood sugar response and insulin reaction in the morning, because we've been in this fasted state, is that you go on a roller coaster ride with your blood sugar. Now, you might think, well, I don't have diabetes, so I don't need to worry about that. You can feel the effects of that. This is why so many people, after, say, having a bagel for breakfast, will feel hungry just 60 minutes later, maybe 30 minutes later. I know when I was a kid, and I remember this more from being a teenager, but I would have a bowl of cereal for breakfast, and it felt like by the time my bowl hit the sink, I was hungry again. And I used to think to myself, what's wrong with me? I just ate. Why am I hungry again? And it is because of this exaggerated blood sugar reaction, the blood sugar goes up steep and fast, and then it has to come back down. Well, your body doesn't really know what's happening when it gets to this valley, to this low point. And so all it knows is something isn't right here. Like it was low, then it was high, now it's low again. And it wants you to take action. It wants you to do something to get that blood sugar up off the floor so your body triggers you with hunger and cravings. 
when we avoid the starchy carbs in the morning, when we avoid the sugar in the morning, we avoid that blood sugar roller coaster and we have more energy, we have less hunger, we have fewer cravings because those energy fluctuations that unpredictable hunger, those strong cravings come from the blood sugar instability that is unique to breaking your fast, starting your day with those starchy carbohydrates, the fruit, the oats, the wheat, etc. So we have to be very, very aware of that. The other factor that contributes to the rationale of the right time for carbs when your goal is fat loss being nighttime or post-workout is your body's natural cortisol rhythm, okay? Because insulin and cortisol don't really play well together. Cortisol, one of our stress hormones, is going to compound or magnify the fat storing capability of insulin. So we really don't want elevated insulin and elevated cortisol at the same time because cortisol is going to magnify the fat storing effects of insulin. Well, here's the deal, guys. Cortisol is naturally highest in the morning. It is part of our body's natural sleep-wake cycle. Okay, and so if we elevate insulin and we have this exaggerated insulin response in the morning because we break our fast with the bowl of fruit or the bowl of oatmeal or the pancakes or the cereal or the muffin or the bagel, right? When we do that, we have this exaggerated insulin response at the time of day when cortisol is naturally at its peak. The reason it's at its peak, again, is our natural sleep-wake cycle. Cortisol tends to be highest in the morning to help us wake up and feel alert and feel engaged. That's what allows us to sort of like come to after sleeping, be aroused in the morning. Cortisol is naturally at its lowest in the evening to help us relax and fall asleep and stay asleep. So when we have our carbohydrates with the dinnertime meal... Not only do we not have the exaggerated blood sugar and insulin response, so that helps us with our fat burning potential, but we also, for the moderate increase in insulin that we do produce as a natural result of consuming carbohydrates, it's not happening at the same time as a cortisol peak. It's happening when cortisol is naturally lower. So that is why we want to limit our carbohydrates when our goal is fat loss to the evening meal or post-workout. Now, of course, I know you are wondering, so what do I eat in the morning? And I'm not going to go into that in this episode. I've done two episodes on that. In fact, Q&A 6, way back when the start of the podcast, is still one of the most popular episodes of the podcast, How to Make Breakfast a Fat-Burning Meal. I will link to that over in the show notes on primalpotential.com. And then I did another episode, I believe it's episode 129, that I will also link to, which was a follow-up on breakfast. So don't worry, if you don't like eggs or you don't have time to cook, I cover all of that in Q&A 6 and also, I believe, episode 129, but I will link those up in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. So the second golden rule after carb timing is carb quality, choosing the right carbohydrates. This is where quality matters. It's not as simple as good carbs, bad carbs, right? We definitely want to move down the spectrum towards unprocessed carbohydrates, right? We want to get our carbs primarily from things like fruit, starchy vegetables like potato or sweet potato, whole oats, things like that. 
The more processed the carbohydrate, chances are the more it is going to impact your blood sugar. And one of the most baseline strategies for fat loss is moderating your blood sugar and controlling your insulin response. So when it comes to quality, we want to work towards moving along the spectrum towards unprocessed carbohydrates, working towards avoiding more and more. This isn't an all or nothing proposition, but making improvements to minimize the processed carbohydrates, the things you get in boxes or bags, chips, cookies, cakes, etc. If it's made in a factory, it is not the ideal carb for fat loss. If it has an ingredient list, it is not the ideal carb for fat loss. That doesn't mean you can never enjoy an Oreo. It just means that when fat loss is the goal, we want to choose the less processed carbs most of the time. Again, those more processed carbs, things with a label, things that come in a box or a bag or come from a factory, they are going to have a more significant impact on your blood sugar and your insulin, generally speaking, than we would see with a whole food carbohydrate. And here's why. The whole food carbohydrates are going to have more fiber. The fruit and vegetable carbohydrates are going to have not only more fiber, but also more water, and therefore they are digested more slowly. And when we see slower digestion, we see a lesser impact on blood sugar elevations, meaning it sort of blunts the effect of the carbohydrate. Even if it's the same amount of sugar in that item, the fact that it comes with more water, more fiber, it just slows down the digestion of that item and therefore blunts the blood sugar impact. So we want to capitalize on that when we can. So when we're talking about quality, look for things like getting your carbs from berries, apples, fruits, any, any fruits really, starchy vegetables, potatoes, sweet potato, uh, your starchier squashes, and then even, even things like oats and rice over things like bread, pasta, cookies, cakes, chips, etc. The third of the golden rules is related to quantity quantity, monitoring the amount of carbohydrate you consume. Because even if you have unprocessed carbohydrates at night, let's say you're going to do potato. Oh, well, I'm having my potato at night, so I'm doing everything right. No, this is not a license to carbo load just because the sun has set. Remember that the increase in blood sugar and the insulin response produced is dose dependent, meaning the more you consume of the carbohydrate, the more you increase your blood sugar and the more of an insulin response that is generated in, in response to what you ate. So we definitely don't want to go carte blanche and say, oh, well, the sun has set and I'm going to have apples and berries and sweet potatoes. No. A general rule of thumb Right, and, and again, this is a spectrum, so any improvement matters. Generally speaking, as far as the golden rules are concerned, keep your quality carbohydrate, when it, whether it's your evening meal or post-workout, to round about a half a cup. 
Now pay attention to your results to adjust up or down from there. For some people, they could probably do three quarters of a cup or even a cup, and for other people, they might feel better and see better results closer to a quarter of a cup. For me personally, I feel best. I have fewer cravings and more energy and better fat loss, round about a quarter of a cup, but I also have some estrogen dominance issues and predispositions, and I know that there are a lot of people that can easily, when they're making quality choices and following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, can easily get great results and feel amazing closer to three quarters of a cup or a full cup. So start around a half a cup, stay consistent there for a couple weeks, pay attention to how you feel. If everything is going really well, dial it up a little bit to say three quarters of a cup and see how you feel. If you feel like maybe you could still make some progress, dial it back and go from there. The fourth of the golden rules of carbs and fat loss is related to company. And I always joke that I don't mean like not eating with jerks, although that's a really good strategy for life. But when we're talking about fat loss, what I mean here by company is never eat your carbs alone. All right. The reason for that is if you just have, let's say, a potato by itself, that is going to generate a more significant elevation in your blood sugar and a greater insulin response than if you have that potato with a piece of chicken, okay? Because when you consume your carbs with protein, which is the chicken, right? You slow down, it could be any protein, you slow down the digestive process and you blunt the impact on your blood sugar. Just like I was saying, having the whole food carbohydrates with the benefit of the fiber slows down the digestive process and blunts the elevation of blood sugar. The same thing is true. That's why we emphasize the company here. That's a good thing. You can also pair your carbohydrates with fat, but I want to caution you there because when I say that, you might be thinking, oh, well, that's a donut. So I'll have a donut at night, right? Carbs and fat. That's not what I mean. So if we're talking about uh, say, sugar, something more processed, then stick with protein. If you like are absolutely all about cookies and you are going to have your cookie, I would rather you have your cookie with your meal that contains some protein, right? Uh, then I would, then I would have you have it with ice cream, for example, and say, oh, well, a cookie with ice cream, there we go, that's that's fat and protein or, or fat and carbohydrate. That's not really what I mean. So if you're having a whole food carbohydrate, pairing it with fat, totally okay. That's like adding butter or sour cream to your sweet potato. I I don't think you'd want sour cream on a sweet potato, but butter to your potato, sour cream to your potato, that is totally fine. But I don't necessarily want you to be combining the processed sugars with fat. If you're gonna go for the sugary stuff, then just have some protein with it to minimize the impact. Um, But if you're gonna do something, even if it's an apple, Having it with almond butter, that combination is primarily fat with a little bit of protein, that is going to make it more fat loss friendly than having the apple all by itself only because it is going to blunt the blood sugar impact. So primarily speaking as a general rule of thumb, carbohydrates with protein, you can't go wrong with that. If you're going to do carbs with fat, I would really encourage you to make sure it's those higher quality carbohydrates, those less processed carbohydrates, because you've got the fiber there. You don't have as much sugar as you do when you have those processed carbohydrates. So those four golden rules are going to be about timing, quality, 
quantity, and pairing. And I'm going to summarize those over on the show notes. If you have more questions, don't worry, I've probably covered them in past podcasts. I'm going to link to relevant podcasts over on primalpotential.com if you have questions. I also have a very detailed course on carb strategies for fat loss that goes into all the nuances for those of you who are like, well, what about fruit? Can I not have fruit in the morning? Really? I'll answer all of those questions about the nuances there, artificial sweeteners, ketosis. I also have a lesson in there on alcohol. Even though alcohol is not a carb, it acts like one. Um, So I will link to that on the show notes, or you can find it on primalpotential.com under transformation tools. And more than anything else, and and I might do a follow-up episode here on common questions, this is not an all-or-nothing proposition. Do what represents an improvement for you based on where you are now. This is not a diet. This isn't a protocol right? It's a spectrum. So let's realize that all or nothing is usually more like nothing, and let's surrender approaches that don't work for you, those all or nothing approaches, and really look at how you can make an improvement. If you're currently doing oats and fruit, you don't need to go to bacon and eggs. You can just maybe cut the oats in half or say oats or fruit, but not both, okay? So I really want you to remember that this is a spectrum. This is not an all or nothing proposition, and any improvement will lead to progress for your health, for your goals. All right, so let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. In the morning before my workout, I had several cups of cold brew coffee. Love cold brew, and I will link to the cold brew that I love most over on the show notes for those of you that are like, what's the deal with cold brew? It is not hot coffee that's cold. It is coffee that is brewed cold, never heated. It is less acidic. It is bolder and richer in flavor. I love it. After my workout, I had a big salad with mixed greens, and it's sort of like my I don't know. I, I've moved. You guys know I love my cabbage bowl that's up on the on the website. But uh, I went for something lighter with the summer. I just I like the mixed greens more than the cabbage right now because it feels a little bit lighter. But it was mixed greens with bacon, eggs, avocado, tomato, and carrot. Lots of people ask me if I use salad dressing. Sometimes I do, but not if I'm doing avocado and eggs because when I mix it all together, the avocado and the eggs provide plenty of moisture. And then... Later in the day, early dinner-ish, I had zoodles, which are zucchini noodles with ground beef and tomato sauce, so sort of like a pasta dish without the pasta, the zoodles instead. And then I I ended up being up later than I wanted to be, just doing some work, and I got hungry, so I had an apple with some cheddar cheese. So there's an example of sort of having the carbs later in the day, but not just having the apple, pairing it with the fat to blunt the impact on the blood sugar. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you very soon. I hope you have a great day and let me know if you have any questions. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 
888-484-4222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Data and technology are revolutionizing entire industries. Prepare to lead in the tech-driven future with the part-time MBA from Northeastern University's DeMoor McKim School of Business. Grow your professional network and gain fresh perspectives as you and your classmates use real company data to solve actual business challenges. Apply now to start this September. Northeastern.edu slash PTMBA. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.